my right uh, my right knee suffered an ACL and a meniscus injury and then my left leg suffered an ACL, PCL, MCL, meniscus and a little bit of bone. <laughs> it was just a huge motivation every day for me. Everything yeah. I would do, like every time I would see an improvement that would just be like, "Oh god, I just like managed to bend this leg by 90 degrees that yeah. was i was so happy because of that and then yeah. okay let's move on i can do better welcome to before the lights podcast stories behind high performers i'm your host Brittany wilson today i'm going to be interviewing andrea komsic she's a division one national champion as well as a 2018 winter olympian in skiing Andrea is originally from Croatia, and she's going to be sharing her story about moving around for skiing, her battles with injuries, and other stories from her life that have made her the successful skier she is today. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Again, if you do, please screenshot this, share it on your Instagram story, tag me and Andrea. Um, I'd love to get the word out. Let's get to it. Hi, Andrea. Thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today. Thank you. Thank yeah. you for having me. Yes. So you guys just came off a pretty successful year, national champions. How was that for you? What was that experience like? Um, it was just, uh, I mean, last year, uh, people probably don't know, we just lost it barely from uh, Utah in the last day. And there's four days in skiing when it comes to NCAAs and then... Uh, after the third day, we were the leaders, and then the fourth day, um, we just lost it in the last race, and it mm -hmm. was really, really emotional for all of us, and this year, we tried so hard, and we managed to actually do it, and it was incredible. Wow. So, you are now a sophomore, right? Yes. How is that freshman year learning from that experience of being so close, but not getting that national championship, and then this year... How was that switch for you? Oh, like for me, for the coaches, for the teammates, every, like last year, everyone was so bummed about it. And this year, like basically the entire year was fo focused to that. Like our biggest competitors are Utah and CU and uh, everything was just focused. Okay, we got this. We have this really strong team. We just have to stay healthy and we have to have a full team on. And somehow we just... I think this year we had the most points ever mm -hmm. out of all the NCAA races. So wow. it's just amazing. I, yeah. It's the, the feeling when you like get to experience that with like all of your teammates and the coaches. It's incredible. Yeah, totally. So I always ask about mentality. I know that going from losing the national championship to finally getting it is different, but what do you think your mentality going in sophomore year was like compared to your freshman year? Was there a big switch there or what were your main focuses this year? Um, I mean, skiing is an individual sport, so um you like um when it comes to all the other races, you're at the start and you're there by yourself. Mm -hmm. You're racing against everyone, against your teammates, against everyone. Yeah. Uh, but when it, comes to, when it comes to NCAAs, that's the only time in the year where we actually do it as a team. Mm -hmm. It matters. Like, it matters. Of course, you want to beat the other people, your teammates, but 
you also cheer for the other people. You also want them to get, to like to do well and to do something that's gonna contribute to your team. And um, I think last year, I mean, I had a pretty successful NCA starts both of slalom and giant slalom, uh, but just in general, I'm a really um, emotional person. Hmm. And after the third day last year, when we kind of thought that we we're gonna win it for sure. Um, I was like ready. Okay, we have this. We we can't lose this. And then at that last, very last race when we actually lost it, that was a huge deal for me. I think mm -hmm. I my reaction was the worst out of all the oh. teammates of mine. I was just I'm a really competitive person, and um, that's. I think that's why I'm in the you know, I, why I chose the individual sport. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I just cannot see myself in a team sport. Mm -hmm. I could probably be a decent person in a team sport, but I just like if I fail, I fail. I don't want yeah. people to like fail because of me. Or if mm -hmm. I win, I want it. Or like it's it's yeah. just I that matters a lot to me. And um, I think this year. Um, just in general, I grew up a lot when it comes to like mental condition and, um, I managed to like, even throughout my like college races this year, I managed to, um, even if I fail, of course I feel really, really sad after that and I take it really bad, but then mm -hmm. I don't know, like two or three hours after that, I like basically talk with myself and like okay Andrea like this happened but you can't go back you have next opportunities and then just try to move on yeah as, as smooth as you can so totally and I I played as team sport my whole life but I faced that too and I kind of have somewhat of an individual role in the back and it's so and I'm the same way I'm super competitive and I would catch myself being so emotional and it would kind of get me in trouble to a point because you know, as a goalkeeper, as a skier, any any sport really, you kind of just have to let go of what happened in the past and, and move on to the next thing. But I wasn't able to do that. So I think I agree with you in that that mentality is really important and being able to switch over from just being sad and like super emotional about stuff oh, into yeah. being more level headed and still being competitive, but kind of learning from that. Do you think that's one of the biggest things that you've learned so far in college through uh, your sport? Yeah. A lot of my teammates noticed how I've changed when it comes to that. Because, uh, yeah, whenever I would have a bad race, then I would react pretty badly. And everyone would notice that. Um, and I I just could not change that. I don't want to act like that. I don't want to be mad or just like... I would literally, like, I would have a bad race and I would leave somewhere to the woods and I would just oh. be sad. Yeah. Be I Like, I would just want to be on my own and, like... I would talk with myself out loud and I didn't I just wouldn't like it I would hate it yeah and then this year um it's I mean it's better I like yeah. don't really go to the woods but uh, <laughs> I like have like at least an hour after a race if I do something bad I would have an hour and then just think about that all the time and just be really really angry and then eventually you just have to face that yeah. it's I mean, I've learned it's, it's the sooner you face it, the better you will have the, the outcome after all of that. Yeah. So, If you had to talk to somebody who was kind of going through the same thing, who 
kind of gets emotional and doesn't do very well at dealing with things or kind of gets too tied up in the emotions of the sport. What do you think would help them or what did you work on to really get better at that? Or was it just kind of time passing and you maturing? I think it's just uh, learning from your mistakes. So, yeah, it's definitely time passing and me maturing. But um, as soon as you realize that, of course, everyone hates when you, like, uh, fail at the thing that things that you're doing. And it's really emotional for everyone. But um, as long as you realize that, of course, you have to have the time to, like, feel bad about it but then you can't go back Mm -hmm. like you can't erase time and just go back to like you have to face that I think for me that's the biggest part I would just tell myself okay that's that's a bad thing that I did but um I can't change it so like that I think that's the biggest thing in my mind right now do you think those failures have kind of taught you that do you think coming up short has brought you that mentality because before you probably wouldn't have even noticed, right? You wouldn't have those sad times or those emotional reactions, yeah. right? Yeah. I, yeah, I think so. I definitely learned a lot from my failures and I am grateful for them. Like mm-hmm. it wouldn't be that like a normal life without mm-hmm. like any failures. You can't just go up your entire life. Yeah. So you have to have those obstacles, but, um, yeah, I'm like some of them are really tough and some of them are like not as big as I actually made them. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I I'm definitely for uh whenever you have a failure, whenever you face a failure, you just have to kind of sit down, calm down and talk. I like that's how I do it. I talk with myself and like, okay, you can't go back. This is it. You did this, that's wrong, but then learn from it, continue with your life. Yep, awesome. That's perfect. So, starting from the beginning, you're not from the United States, right? Yeah. From Croatia, or originally, right, Bosnia, you said? Yes, yes. So, tell us that story, because that's a pretty long journey, right? Start from kind of the beginning. Yeah, so I was born in Bosnia, which is a very small third world country in Europe, um and basically i lived there for 10 years and then uh when i was 10 me and my family or just me my brother and my parents moved to croatia mainly because of uh my skiing career um and yeah i so i started skiing when i was 5 um i don't even know how did that happen actually my dad <laughs> was a ski instructor and uh he had this ski school where uh, he had like, I don't know, 10 of kids, I guess, or more. Mm-hmm. It was all my friends. We all knew each other. And <laughs> it was kind of fun at the beginning, but I, I was afraid. I didn't like the cold part. <laughs> and I was not really the biggest talent at the beginning. But then uh, all the kids, like that was fun for like two weeks or whatever, but all of them bailed or dropped. And then mm-hmm. I remember me and four of my friends stayed and uh it kind of uh started like not that good but I uh my dad saw potential I guess Mm -hmm. and then uh we started skiing more and more and uh we had a small race hill five minutes away from my home and 
I would just ski basically every day because there was night skiing and then I would just go and like go to school in the morning and then ski later mm -hmm. that afternoon and I would probably do that like four or five days a week mm -hmm. with no problem um, and then my dad um, kind of asked me if I want to start ski racing and see how that work and then I mean that was all fun I like won my first race I guess it was my third race in, mm. in my life and I won it and that that was just like I love the feeling being better than the others um, and then after that uh, I just kind of uh, raced in Bosnia for a few years and since um, the competition wasn't that high uh, I was literally winning every day every race by like four seconds that's mm -hmm. that's a big gap so I mean that wasn't a high level competition like I said so we tried to like go on some races in Croatia and since the competition was bigger there uh, me and my dad uh, mainly talked about moving to Croatia and then uh, my mom and dad agreed to that and then we moved to Croatia when I was 10. Um, that's basically like I guess four or five hours of driving uh so yeah my entire family like my grandparents my aunts and everyone they're from still living in bosnia oh, wow. um and i mean just conditions in bosnia we lived in this really really small city called kreševo and uh since bosnia is a third third world country it's uh not a really rich country so mm -hmm. croatia was a little bit of improvement and like I've had more opportunities when it comes to skiing, but it was still hard because skiing is a really expensive sport. Yeah. And just basically when I moved to Croatia, everything kind of started going up and uh, I managed to um, make the national team when I was, I guess, 11 or 12, maybe 12. Uh -huh. um, and then ever since that, I've had a lot of ups and downs and <laughs> then I came here. Yeah. So what was your experience like in Bosnia? You said it was a third world country and there wasn't a lot of opportunities there. From what you remember, only 10 years there, um, were there kind of hardships for you and your family and were you glad you got to move? And do you miss the family that's still there? Yeah, I mean, well, uh, the place where we lived, it's a really small Catholic community uh, where everyone is kind of really united. Everyone knows each other. It's like... 5,000 people, oh. not even, less, a little bit less than that, and I mean, my entire family was from there, like, all of my grandparents, like, both of my grandparents and, like, my friends, my aunts, everyone is from there, and I mean, for the standards there, we could live normally, but when it comes to skiing, skiing was not really popular in Bosnia, and it's a really expensive sport, so just to come for all, like, to have all the funds necessary, it's really hard. Yeah. So that's basically the biggest reason why we moved to Croatia. And then my mom got a job there. And my dad was my coach ever since I was five. Yeah, oh, wow. he. I started with him and I'm still with him. So How I mean, is... I have a coach here, but I still consider my dad being my primary coach <laughs> oh wow how was that growing up having your dad be your coach was that an awesome experience or was that tough to kind of separate yeah I mean of course there's like uh, ups and downs to that but I saw like mostly all the positive stuff because yeah. 
first, he's my dad. You have the coach. If you have a random coach that's assigned to be your coach, uh, that's his job. And then if he has, if he gets a promotion, he will take the promotion and leave you. Mm-hmm. But your dad would never do that. Yeah. So that's the biggest. I'm. I will never, like, ever be able to explain anyone how grateful I am. Like, for everything he didn't like, in his life. Like he basically. Uh, left his life for his kids, me and my brother, because my brother skis as well. So, wow. um, yeah, he always, whenever the like money was always the problem. Whenever there was a huge crisis for us, he would always somehow find the money, <laughs> and then we would travel and ski and train. And it's just, I just can't even explain how grateful I am to him. So we made just so many sacrifices for you. Oh and- yeah. Yeah. Do you think that's just a big part of your success today? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I can... I don't know. It's like 70% of my success in my life is because of him. Wow. Like 20 is because of me. And then 10 is because <laughs> of other people, like family, friends, yeah. coaches, and everyone else. Absolutely. Wow. So you've gone through a lot growing up skiing. Um, always been a passion of yours, though, right? Um, so what are some... You said you have faced some injuries, correct? Yeah. Um, what have those entailed for you and kind of the process of coming back from those too? Um, that was a, a big part of my life. I've had, well, basically I've had two to three major injuries, but like the biggest one was uh, when I was, um, it was in 2011, so I don't know how old <laughs> was I then, but... Uh, I'm 22 now. (laughs) (laughs) But you do the math later. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, basically, in skiing, you have, it's called, I guess it's called children's skiing until you're 15. And when you cross the age of 15, you go into adult skiing. Mm -hmm. Um, And right, like, on that switch for me, like, I think it was five days before my first race was supposed to be as an adult skier. Mm -hmm. Um, I was just on a glacier with like my dad, we were just having some trainings and then I remember we finished with training and then he just said, okay, take these super G longer skis and do a couple of free runs just because your first race will be a super G. So you want to have the feeling for it, I guess. Mm -hmm. And, um, it was just supposed to be two free runs, nothing special. And me and one of my teammates went together and... Uh, I remember standing on the top and she was in the middle, like on the kind of breakover and you can't really see what's happening below the breakover. So it was already later in the afternoon and, um, somehow I was just skiing. I caught a lot of speed and then I went over that breakover and after that I just lost the balance, started flipping over and, uh, a little bit like. 15 minutes after that, a helicopter came, oh. so I had a nice helicopter ride to the oh hospital that happened in Austria, so they, um, uh, I had a helicopter ride to, like, the nearest town, and they did all the checkups, and then since both of my legs were kind of, uh, they didn't know what's happening, they did, like, the x-ray, but on x-ray you can basically see only the bones, and they just saw, like, my left leg has, uh, a little fracture on my like 
knee bono i don't Mm -hmm. even know what's that called um but um and then our national team director asked if we can if i can somehow if i'm able to travel back home because it's like only three hours away and uh actually do all the checkups there because of the uh, i think it's less expensive to go home and do all the stuff with our insurance that we have uh and then yeah i they drugged me so i was not in pain (laughs) i left home and then the next day we did the mri and then the mri said that my right uh, my right knee suffered an ACL and a meniscus injury and then my left leg suffered an ACL, PCL, MCL, meniscus and a little bit of bone. <laughs> so, oh my god. Yeah, that was a uh, I was uh, I, I think I was 15. I'm not sure. Yeah, I was 15 or 16 and that was just a uh, huge I didn't I literally didn't know anything about knees before that injury anything I didn't know that there's four ligaments that there's like meniscuses or I I I was so lost (laughs) you're like it's just a knee (laughs) yeah and then when they said what like what actually happened like what's the damage in my knee I was still not aware what's happening (laughs) like they said like oh ACL PCL MCL I was just like okay and I couldn't really tell how big is that so since it was a big deal um we uh, the our national director called the doctor in Switzerland and then he said that he can have a surgery like in I did a surgery five days later Um, and yeah like basically yeah I have a really really big scar on my left leg because they basically opened like my entire knee from like I don't even know how big would you say that this is in I don't know measurements like from here to here pretty long yeah it's a really long uh, <laughs> scar where like they basically opened my entire knee and like reconstruct like did a reconstruction of everything so yeah yeah um after that I stayed like a few days there and then the doctor said uh, the recovery like if you would look by like all the rules should be a year but then the doctor said I can maybe come back after like maybe six or seven months oh my gosh from all that yeah but then, there's a story that it comes. <laughs> uh, my dad, he's like he's a really strict person, and the, I'm just you. I like a lot of people could not deal with that, but I'm so used to that, and that's how I function. That's how the two of us function together. And then he asked me like, "Okay, Andrea, you can take the take all the doctor's notes or whatever, and do whatever they say, or you can do it my way. It's your choice. If you want to do it my way, then you have to, like, be prepared for, like, a lot of pain, and I'm never going to... He said he's never going to do anything that's, uh, like, going to be uh, unacceptable, mm-hmm. or, like, he would never do anything to, like, hurt me, because oh, yeah. I'm his daughter, of course, but uh, he said it's going to be a unusual way of coming back, and then mm-hmm. I was right away I was just I just wanted to like try I yeah I mean it's a risk of course but um I was willing to take the risk and I was really young back then so I didn't really know like what could actually happen and yeah we did a lot of um weird stuff and I my first day on skis after the surgery was 72 days after my surgery no way yeah after all of that Yes, so that was the thing that, like, uh, that was a major part of my life. Yeah. 
Wait, so did you actually come all the way back? Yeah. So I like, I, of course, I didn't start skiing like right in the gates and all of that. But like, I remember 72 days, we counted 72 days after my surgery, I was on my skis for the first time. And I was just like doing slow movements and like easy, easy heels. How was that possible? What was so different about the recovery process? We didn't do anything like special for the first month. We followed everything the doctor said because like I basically like for the first two weeks I was in a wheelchair because yeah. I couldn't walk. And then after that, um, I like couldn't bend my left leg for more than a month because of my PCL injury. So I like I was disabled completely for a month. And then after the doctor said, OK, you can remove the crutches. Then after that, I started like doing some just like random stuff. I would go outside of my uh, house and just like walk barefoot, like in different directions. Or I would just like try to hike up on like very unstable surfaces or like something that's like not going to hurt me, but that's going to tell my knee that's like, I'm trying to get better as soon as possible. So yeah. Wow. (laughs) That is unheard of. I feel like that's so different. Yeah. I feel like, uh, like, Every time I say this story to someone from America, people are like, the doctors would not let you know. No, it definitely not. I know. That's definitely why I'm not. glad that I was back home. I know. I was going to say, like, if you were here, you'd get yelled at. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That soon. yeah. Wow. That is crazy. But you came back uh, fully. When did you race again after that? So think? I met, so that happened in November and I, like, our ski season is from basically November to mid-April mm-hmm. and I managed to race that season still uh I raced some races in April <sighs> I went to Finland and then uh they had some like they always have like the very last races of the season there so I raced there that was incredible wow <laughs> so going through all that all the trauma learning like you said all the things about the knee everything how did did you have your ups and downs or were you dedicated to getting stronger from the beginning how was that for you oh I was really I think I was really dedicated because like at that point I'm I am a sociable person but uh I mean I'm just used to my entire life being with my dad and we like did everything by like by ourselves Mm -hmm. like of course I had some like teammates there with me sometimes but like me and my dad were always a thing like it's Mm -hmm. It's always like, okay, we're like, it's just the two of us, you know, and uh, I'm so used to being, uh, I'm not, I'm a huge extrovert, but like in those moments I was just an introvert and that was fine. I was fine with that. And I mean, I was just like everything I would do and like every time I would have pain in my legs or like something that would stop me from like uh, moving on, it somehow made me stronger I don't know I was just mm-hmm. like I can't say that I enjoyed it but like it was just a huge motivation every day for me yeah. everything I would do like every time I would see an improvement that would just be like oh god I just like managed to bend this leg by 90 degrees that yeah. was I was so happy because of that and then yeah. okay let's move on I can do better and then yeah so you woke up every day with a purpose like I want to bend my knee even further and do you think that translates now into how you train yeah yeah Yeah. I mean now it's when like everyone basically when you're a kid and when you're a skier you would ski from like you would 
come to the to the hill at like 9 a.m and then you would ski till 3 p.m no problem like you would not even get tired yeah now it's a little bit different because we have like two hour sessions of skiing per day and then we would still be kind of tired of that but we just use our muscles differently and like we really focus on like strength and power at like throughout those two hours you have to be really really like giving all you had so um yeah i think um everything in general i am a really competitive person and i really like to see uh improvements in whatever i do so yeah yeah totally if you again i'm going to ask for your advice but if somebody was going through a big injury what do you think are some of the things that got you through that could be a good good advice to them except for going and skiing after doing <laughs> training after 72 yeah well all of my teammates are joking about that and like every time I would mention that everyone is like you should never take an advice from Andrea when it comes to recovery yeah so um warning don't follow that but I mean it was a huge I think I was just lucky yeah because I, I literally never had problems with my knees after that yeah I was wow. just extremely lucky that's crazy. Like, I I feel like 8 out of 10, 9 out of 10 people would have, like, a lot of issues or, like, even have to do a surgery again because something would go wrong. And mm-hmm. I was just so lucky that somehow I did everything, like, like until that level where I can, like, bear with the pain and mm-hmm. everything ended up pretty well, mm-hmm. luckily. But I don't know what would be the advice. Advi- like... Listen to the doctor, of course. <laughs> Don't follow my uh, my footsteps, but yeah. um, I mean, every time you do a surgery, or you don't even have to do a surgery, you can just have an injury. It's supposed to be painful. Mm-hmm. It is painful, but like, just focus on that like little improvements that you do, and like just uh, be aware that you can like that that's just the happiness for me every time mm-hmm. i would see some little improvement that would be just a huge deal yeah. like just focus on that and see like how happy that makes you if it doesn't make you happy then like something is i don't know i i don't mm-hmm. even know how i would uh how i would react if that wouldn't make me happy but i know that like i just remember like that specifically that like knee flexion like mm-hmm. when i did it above 90 degrees that was I, I was so happy mm-hmm. my dad was just like well i know that this is like a big improvement for you but why are you so happy yeah <laughs> so yeah that little stuff little steps good perfect so how did you quickly how did you get um involved with you and how did you get the scholarship here and how was that process for you um basically it's just uh at one point me my family my extended family, everyone was just wondering, like, okay, skiing is the priority in my life, but you have to have some education with it. Mm-hmm. Back home or in Europe in general, it's not really possible to combine both uh, education and sports mm-hmm. if you want to, like, do sports in a high level. Oh, wow. And then I just had some recommendations to, like, DU and just to America in general, and then um, I reached out to my coach, and he offered me a full scholarship, and then... Um, it was just something worth to try, and then I came here. I was a little bit confused at the beginning because of, like, all the cultural change, the language barrier. Um, 
everything in general was really different than what I was used to, but right now I think it's one of the best decisions of my life. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. awesome. It seems like a big, I can't even imagine. Like I went, I grew up in Colorado and I go to school in Colorado. Yeah. So <laughs> not even moving states, let alone moving countries. Yeah, I well, can't the last imagine. time I saw my mom was uh, nine months ago. Oh my In God. September. Yep. That's crazy. Is yeah. that hard for you? Um, yeah. I mean, we talk basically every day. Yeah. So that's, like, so much easier. That makes it so much easier. But um, I kind of want to see her. Yeah. I want to see my grandma, who is, like, really sick right now. So I just want to be with her and, like, my brother. I've seen my dad, uh, actually, when I went to the Olympics. But besides that, no, I haven't seen a lot of people. Wow. Yeah. So with the Olympics this year, what was that experience like for you? Oh, that was just... uh, (laughs) crazy experience for me because I didn't know if I'm gonna go and since that was in uh, February mm-hmm. uh, and they told me that they're gonna make a decision or like my national team they're gonna make a decision in like the end of January I guess and I was just all the time by then I was just so stressed and like if I'm gonna go or not yes yeah. or no and then they just they basically when I was in class uh, in my geography class they texted me, you're going. Oh, my god! So, so I was just in the class. I just started crying. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Did you leave or did you stay? I, I mean, we had, like, 10 more minutes of class. But I was just, like, like, everyone was really quiet. And then I just, like, made a really weird sound. And everyone turned around towards oh. me because they didn't know what's happening. And I was just, like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And then I, of course, I did not follow the class. I don't even know what was going on yeah, there. No, that's all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then, yeah, shortly after that, I just went there. I was there for, I guess, 20 minutes, uh, two weeks, I guess. Okay. Yeah, 10 days. Um, the professors were just awesome about it. They were oh, all like, nice. okay, you don't even have to do homework when you're there. <sighs> so, yeah, it was just a, an unforgettable experience for me. Just to be there for like the opening ceremony, just to participate yeah. in general, and to see it was in South Korea. That was I've never been there, and I don't even know where to like yeah. how to explain it. Not a lot of people get to experience that, so that's pretty amazing. Yeah. yeah. So the last two questions I'm gonna end with, okay. um, I always end with, are. If you were able to go back to you when you first started, you said you were five, mm-hmm. first started skiing, what are some pieces of, pieces of advice that you'd give yourself? Huh. Be more patient. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a lot of ups and downs, so be prepared for it. Yeah. Because when I started, I was winning a lot, and then I was not really aware that I'm going to lose eventually yeah. for someone. <laughs> someone is going to be faster than I will. And than I am, so uh, be prepared for that. Just try to uh, think through everything you do from the very beginning. Never skip gym. <laughs> uh, I would like sometimes skip gym and then go to a bike ride or something like that. So <laughs> just be aware that it's gonna be a tough ride, but it's gonna be a fun ride. Yeah, that's perfect. And then, if you had to define yourself without skiing, without sports in your life, what are some things you'd want to be known for and things that are important to you in your life? Uh, you mean as a characteristics? Or yeah, you, oh. definitely. Just what you want to be remembered for, 
what's important to you just i want to be i want people to know that i'm i'm a huge extrovert and i like hanging out with people (laughs) and i like uh i like (laughs) my parents my grandparents of course they always tell that i talk too much Uh, (laughs) and i'm fine with that i would rather talk a lot than just be like really quiet so Mm -hmm. i think that's why like what I'm known for right now. I just mm-hmm. talk a lot. <laughs> and I ask a lot of questions. That's good. And I'm fine with that. I, mm-hmm. I, I'm still probably going to ask a lot of questions. Yeah. And just, I think people should accept. A lot yeah. of people accepted that. A lot of people <laughs> are still like unfamiliar with that and trying uh-huh. to accept that. But um, yeah, I just want to be known as a happy person that enjoys life and uh, is trying to do her best to succeed in everything that she uh, wants to. Yeah, that's perfect. Well, awesome. Thank you so much for joining me and sharing your story. (laughs) Thank you so much again for listening. And I hope Andrea's story inspired you today. Again, if it did, please screenshot this, share it on your Instagram stories, and don't forget to tag me on Andrea and please hit the subscribe button. Thanks so much for listening, and I hope today's podcast inspired you to go out, live your story, and don't be afraid to share it.